Those are your... Children. These are your children. Yes, they are. And your... Peter. Your Peter? Yes. Your Peter? Yes. No. Yes. Your Peter? Yes. Is there an echo in here? Yes, I... My I'm... great and worthy opponent? Yes. No! <laughs> Good morning, Alice's listeners! (laughs) Welcome back to the analysis. Welcome back, everybody. Today is a very special day. Today I am coming to you guys live from the rehearsal space for a new theater project that I am working on and very excited to be a part of. And we have an old friend back with us, Mr. Barry Irving. Barry, say hi, people. Glad to be back. How's it going? Well, how are you? How are you, Bob? I'm doing great. Thank how are you? you for how asking. are you? How is how is this whole process going for you? Oh, I'm loving it, man. I'm having a blast of pants. We'll get so into the details. We'll get into the details of the project in just a second. <laughs> but before we do, I want to introduce a first timer coming to the podcast to us, uh, a, a buddy of, of Barry's and, and, and a great friend to this Engine Theater project. And now you, Bob. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and a friend of the pod now, uh, Mr. Patrick Pullen. Yes, happy to be here. Thank you to have the pod. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's snap on. Happy to be here. Thank you for so, having me. So, and uh, I'm going to have you guys kind of explain to us this theater project and this show that we're working on. So, if one of you guys wants to kind of take the lead and, and explain InGen, what kind of shows they do and what show we're working on, that'd be appreciated. Yeah, uh, I'll start with InGen. InGen is a very. Um, a unique theater company, uh, storefront theater company in Chicago that was started uh, a little over five years ago by uh, Mr. Joseph Schubach and uh, Ty Palmgren. Shout out to Joe and Ty. Yeah, what what up, Ty? Uh, And uh, they essentially just wanted to make plays that didn't need to exist um, because they loved movies. They wanted to basically bring blockbuster movies and put them on stage. Yeah. Uh, very off the books and um, illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I hope none of the little yeah. lawyers are listening. But yeah, basically they take movies and make them into plays yeah. and do it for Chicago audiences and storefront theaters, which is an amazing project. I uh, at first kind of came across you guys two years ago. I went to see Barry be basically Will Smith in Independence Day. That's right. Uh, one of my favorite theater experiences I've had in a very long time. And so the show we are doing currently, and where we're currently rehearsing, is? Um, it's called Bangarang. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that name is familiar to anyone, you'll know that the movie we're adapting is the 1991 One. One hit uh, Hook. Woo! Woo! Uh, uh, spin on the characters from the Peter Pan universe, sort of doing a different examination of adulthood versus childhood mm-hmm. using those same classic characters in a bit of a different way. So this show, for, for you guys who live in Chicago, the show's going to be rad. And um, we are also infusing the music of Fleetwood Mac. So when I've been explaining to this to people, I'm like, yeah, so we're doing the movie Hook as a play. They're like, sweet. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, and uh, the music Fleetwood Mac is all through it. They're like, double fucking sweet. We're going to take it to it. So, um, and, and it's, it's a very special day today because we are going to be doing a case for, in honor of this, we're going to be doing a case for Robin Williams. And the guys sitting on the couch with me right now are both sharing the role of Peter Banning. 
who originally was played by Mr. Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, last weekend was Robin Williams' birthday. Uh, also, HBO just released a brand new documentary. Robin Williams, is it called Come Inside My Mind? Inside yes. My Mind? Yes. Come Inside My Mind. Yes. Uh, which I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but is in my top three favorite documentaries of all time and is my favorite movie about performance that I've ever seen. It's it's really it's really a f spectacular yeah. uh, documentary. Um, I really enjoy, I always enjoy documentaries that stray from having a narrator and like just letting yeah. the footage tell the story and they do a really good job of that. They let, they let Robin essentially narrate the story. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, so it's, go it's, check that out. But so for the fans of the case for it's, it, they're our most popular podcast that we do. But today we are going to be profiling the career of Robin Williams. We do that through a little bit of structure. Uh, each one of us is going to choose our two favorite Robin Williams movies, and uh, those are going to be our roses, but every rose has a thorn. We are then going to talk about our least favorite Robin Williams movie. After that, we are going to talk about what we feel is the most underrated Robin Williams movie, maybe one that you hadn't seen or hadn't seen in a long time and, and, and send some love to it. We're going to give some shout-outs to some movies that we were hard-pressed to leave off of our list. Uh, then we're going to follow it up with some alternative casting, just brainstorm a little bit about other roles that Robin would have been great in. Uh, and uh, that's going to be it for in terms of us breaking down the career of Robin Williams. So with that said, to give us a little bit of a, of a head start into this, what were some, as you guys were going through this experiment in, in the process of making your list, what were some things that jumped out to you or you guys found kind of particularly interesting when you were going through this? We'll start with you, Patrick. I, I think just looking through his filmography, realizing how much of it affected who I am as a person, uh, I was struck with. When I think of like music, and I think back to how when I was a child, like what first influenced my taste in music, it was Michael Jackson. When I think about comedy, it, it, like that equivalent is Robin Williams to me. And that's huge because you're a comedic actor. Right. So the influence is, is not paramount. just in your taste, but just in... As a person. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. How about you, Barry? Yeah, I would definitely echo those statements. I don't know if I don't know if I necessarily like discovered that while preparing for this as much as it resonated for me when he died. Yeah. Cuz it was like it was like and I feel like this is a sort of a universal feeling that like everyone lost their favorite uncle or right. like a we really lost an all influential presence in their life was like gone now. So so yeah, definitely, definitely would agree with that. Um, I what I sort of what was sort of um, cool to look at while I was getting ready for this was just how many movies he's been in. Like, wait till I read the filmography. It's, it's, It'll be a minute. It's because it's like you think of him being mostly funny, uh, comedic actor, and then. You, there are a ton of dramatic roles where he, where I mean, there are funny parts, but like it's overall a dramatic role. And there are, it's not just one or two, there's a bunch of them yeah. just because he's got a ton of movies just in general. Right. Yeah. So I think that would be my takeaway. Mine were a couple things. First, in reflection, he was the first actor who showed me that you could do comedy and drama. Mm. I remember being like, oh, this guy is normally Mr. Funny Man and this is the genie, but he's also making me sad at this moment. And, yeah. and, and so like watching a movie, I think Patch Adams was the first realization I had with that where it was very much a duel in the movie. 
Um, but yeah, just watching him just do a straight drama later in my, my early teens was just like, oh, this guy has, you, an actor can do both. It doesn't have to just be one or the other. So it was the first actor that I had that realization and also just childhood. Uh, and again, to, to Patrick's point, um, just shaping my uh, sense of humor and a lot of the movies, he, he, he plays dad a lot or he was very family friendly. So he was just kind of my introduction to blockbuster comedy. And so it was good to kind of go down nostalgia lane when I was rewatching a lot of these as well. Um, but so to give people a basis, a foundation for our lists, uh, his Rotten Tomato splits, he has 35% of his movies are fresh. Uh, 24 were fresh, 43 were rotten, actually. So not always critically acclaimed, and I know Barry has some very strong I feelings about some of the some of the ones that were lambasted by the critics, but mm. we'll get into that in a moment. Um, his, his most popular in terms of the critics, 94% Good Will Hunting, followed by Aladdin, 94%, so they're tied. Or 97, excuse me, Good Will Hunting, Aladdin, Aladdin's 94. Worst rated was Old Dogs at 5%. <laughs> um, just some, some shout-outs. Jumanji was, was rotten at 53%. Patch Adams, 23%. Mm. Hook was uh, 29%. So um, he was nominated three times. First for Good Morning Vietnam in 1988. Next was Dead Poet Society in 1990. Uh, and then Good Will Hunting in 1998, which he won the Oscar for. The filmography, the journey began in 1977, a movie called I Can Do It Till I Need Glasses, question mark. Then after that, Popeye, which was his first big, uh, first big blockbuster, which was pretty much harpooned by everybody. <laughs> uh, the World According to Garp, Survivors, Moscow on the Hudson, The Best of Times, Club Paradise, Seize the Day, Good Morning Vietnam, The Adventures of Baron Munchen, Portrait of a White Marriage, Dead Poet Society, Cadillac Man, Awakenings, Shakes the Clown, Dead Again, The Fisher King, Hook, Ferngully, The Last Rainforest, The Timekeeper, Aladdin, Toys, Missed Outfire, Being Human, In Search of Dr. Seuss, Nine Months, Tu Wung Fu, Thanks for Je Everything, Julie Newmar, Jumanji, The Birdcage, Jack, The Secret Agent, Hamlet, Father's Day, Deconstructing Harry, that's page one. Uh, <laughs> Flubber, Goodwill Hunting, What Dreams May Come, Patch Adams, Jacob the Liar, Bicentennial Man, Get Bruce, AI, Artificial Intelligence, One Hour Photo, Death to Smoochie, Insomnia, The Final Cut, House of D, Noel, Robots, The Big White, The Aristocrats, which was the documentary about the dirty joke, mm -hmm. The Night Listener, RV, Everyone's Hero, Man of the Year, Happy Feet, Night at the Museum, License to Wed, August Rush. Finally. Yeah, <laughs> License to Wed. Uh, the World's Greatest Dad, Shrink, Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian, Old Dogs, coming in at a nice 5%. <laughs> Happy Feet 2, The Big Wedding, The Butler, The Face of Love, Boulevard, Angler's Man in Brooklyn, and A Merry Frickin' Christmas. Finally, to Rhonda Sout, Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, and Absolutely Anything, where he played Dennis the Dog. Wow. So that is the filmography. Might need a drink of water after that one. <laughs> so now that we have a little platform for what our lists are going to be, let's start it off with Patrick. Let's start it off with your first number one favorite Robin Williams movie. I think this is one that uh, doesn't necessarily stand the test of time for everyone, so it's kind of debated, but it's a movie that I can't not think about as one of my favorite Robin Williams and it's Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire, okay. I'm going for it. I went to... I went to yeah, exactly. It's cool. just, uh, there's too many things about it that made me laugh so hard as a child and still to this day. 
uh, and went and saw the Mrs. Delphire house when I was in San Francisco. I went and walked there alone. It was very impactful. It was just uh, one of those movies, like right out of the gate. He's already doing vo two voices. He's voicing uh, 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 the, the animated characters, and then he gets fired. It just, it just got hit all the notes for me. Well, and then they have that improv bit where he's, I do I do voices. voices. That for me was yes. Like, yes, yes. And then he does yes. like Monday, Friday and all exactly. that. Exactly. It's like a, every Robin Williams movie seems to have like one of those bits where he just goes off for 10 minutes doing his characters and stuff, yeah. which is awesome in this. Uh, yeah, it was directed by Chris Columbus, who had done Home Alones, he had done Nine Months, Harry Potter, Stepmom, so he was very like family comedy kind of guy. Yeah. And originally it cost about like $20 million to make, and most of that was Robin Williams and Sally Field's salary. They made $440 mil <laughs> oh my God. at the box office, so it was just a smash. smash. you have any, uh, any feelings about it, Barry? Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. Um, I think it is definitely... It, I think it just hits all... It has all of the ingredients of a good Robin Williams performance. Mm -hmm. like, I don't think there's... Like, you've got the heartfelt moments, you've got, like you said, there's a moment where he gets, where he gets, like, on the mic and, like, does a bunch of impressions. Like, you've got the whole, he, he gives you his whole bag of tricks before the movie's over, so. Yeah, it was, yeah. I think Can't it was really. kind of unfairly compared to Tootsie, just because of the cross-dressing. I need right. to, like, go under the cross-dressing. This movie, in its message of, like... At the very end, it's really touching to me when he's when I was rewatching it and he's sitting in and the kids are watching him on TV and he's talking about the importance of family and like family in all shapes and sizes and mm -hmm. like what is family and it, it was coming out at a time where there was a lot of uh, divorce movies D the divorce rate was like really spiking in America and there's it, a stigma around it yeah, yeah for sure uh, so it was really, really there's some really tender moments in here the the court scene where he's like I can't breathe. I, I, my children are my air. Right. Taking away my kids is like taking away air from me. Uh, that kind of stuff. Especially, I mean, I'm a child of divorce. You know, those were like really, I, I'm still thinking about it. I still see it like, yeah. remember like checking in on my dad's face in the theater when I was watching it. Um, I think this, what's, what's your favorite bit from this movie, Patrick? Uh, Robin Williams throwing a lime at Pierce Brosnan's That's head. what I am a mind to. Oh, the tatterist. Yeah. It was a run by fruiting. Oh, man. And the Pierce Brosnan reaction, which is like, just to turn around and just... Hmm. Pierce Brosnan's pretty funny in it. He is. He is funny in it. Pierce Brosnan's pretty funny. Sally Field plays the good biatch. Uh, me and you were talking on the steps before we came into the space just about how this movie made us with all due respect to our fathers, like, wish we had Robin like Williams. That. <laughs> Robin, Robin Williams is just so fun as yeah. the dad. Yeah. So... That, that, that party, right? Like, him dancing on the table with his son. Oh, yeah. Was, Doing the raps. Yeah, exactly. How's uh, the pain? Yeah. Jump around. I, for That's me... That's the scene that sticks out for me. Yeah. yeah also, right? man, uh, I always wanted to... But it transitions <laughs> into <laughs> some real shit. Like, yeah. that's when the divorce happens. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it happens right it, then. It definitely has, like, a lot of valleys in terms of the drama. At Valley's is probably the wrong word to use, but... Well, it's... I also think going off of what you said earlier when we were talking outside, I felt like Robin Williams, Robin Williams' character in the movie actually becomes a better parent when he becomes Mrs. Delphire. Yeah. He learns how to be a parent. He's a shitty dad when yeah. he's... And the, the, the kids are coming over and he's kind of a mess and, and there's the, the dinner's not, you know, ready and he's got to order the takeout and it's gross. And, and then by the end, he's like cooking them full meals and, yeah. and he's making them do their homework. They were always kind of out of in chaos and yeah. he like cleans up his life through becoming exactly. Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. which is cool uh, just 
for me, it was really hard to choose between the lime, because it's just such a great line, and just the whole pie bit. The, the whole pie the, bit. The, yeah, the cake face yeah. is too much. It's so good. Um, I've wanted to be cake face Ms. Delphire for Halloween multiple times, and I just... What's stopping you? The, 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 the practicality, the practicality of, of, <laughs> of the cake. I think we need to make this happen. I would love to. Cool. <laughs> uh, great way to get us started, Mrs. Delphire, uh, definitely essential Robin Williams here. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, thank you for sharing, Mr. Hack. Uh, we'll, we'll go to Barry next for your number one favorite. Number one? Um, well, mine, uh, see, because, like, I re, I re did my list a few times, or I edited my list a few times, and for me, like, I don't even know, because there's a few stipulations. Like, for one, <laughs> I had to leave, I had to leave Hook out, because I feel we're going to talk about yeah. it enough uh -huh. over the course of this episode anyway so I didn't even put it in any of my categories even though it probably would fit somewhere um, and then for my best I chose two comedic roles okay and and I and I, I my um, underrated is gonna be one of his more dramatic ones and okay. so I don't even know if these would necessarily be my top two but I, I I've picked two of that are the cream of the crop in my opinion and the first one that I'm gonna mention is Aladdin. Mm. I, 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 I personally can't, like for me, that is like, Robin, like they, they gave Robin Williams the keys to the castle <laughs> as far as just do whatever you want. Like the, he mentions- there's a, there's a castle in, in it. In the choreo, he mentions in the documentary that he doesn't tell jokes, he creates characters. Mm. And I feel like this, I feel like that, that movie is the biggest like gives him the biggest freedom to do that because he just has the voice has the dialogue and animators do the rest so it's just the the purest example of what he is capable of as far as creating characters mm -hmm. goes yeah they talk about in the doc about how they have like 16 hours of footage or oh, something yeah. of, of, of audio just, just him of in him the booth mad living he's the master of the ad lib yeah. and so to play a character that can shape shift and become anybody and yeah. the the references are so they're so topical but also expand they still hold up like yeah. when you watch this it's it's yeah. not uh you know I, I don't think any of the jokes are tired really there are there are like celebrities that like i as a child had no idea who they were and like you learn about them later and you don't even realize it till you like rewatch aladdin and you're like that is probably the first like ed sullivan legitimate reference that I ever <laughs> yeah. got as There is an Arsenio Hall that I don't know uh, holds up the right. Yeah, I, don't that, yeah. I don't know if that one holds up as much. But yeah, this was... So Aladdin came out. You guys ever seen the movie Waking Sleeping Beauty? It's a documentary about so. the, the Disney animation team and how they were like really struggling and they had a movie that came out, The Black Cauldron or something, that... Um, did worse than the Care Bears movie at the at the <laughs> box office. So they basically put all these guys in high school and they said, we are going to end animation unless you guys... Um, a high school building and we're going to end animation unless you guys start to like produce wow. and in that run with their backs against the wall they came out with mermaid little mermaid um beauty and the beast aladdin and lion king which is like the golds <laughs> the gold standard or, or like that's like the golden era of yeah. the disney animation and i think in that list it's picking nits but aladdin is right up there with beauty and the beast in terms of the greatest of all time and the genie is not just the best animated sidekick that's ever lived, but maybe 
in the top five pantheon of all like sidekick. I don't even know if you can call him a sidekick. He's that yeah. important. Well, he's the biggest guy in the cover art. Right. Like the, the, when you look at the art, it's like Aladdin is like the genie, and then all the other supporting cast yeah. under it. Um, but yeah, that the, the ad living is so huge. And then another thing that kind of jumped out to me, in in they talk about it in that documentary, is that before that voice anime or the the vocal actors, no one was ever really famous. But if you think about Little Mermaid, there's no celebrities in there. Beating the Beast, there's no celebrities. After Robin Williams, a lot of those people lost work because then every single animation after that had. It was big chock names. full of big names. Right. But really, before, it was it was a lot of the people that specialized in vocal work, but Robin Williams like transcended all that. It was like, we got to get a celebrity because Aladdin just elevated it so much. But um, uh, just, yeah, that's, that's another one where it's... I didn't have it on my list. I was hoping that someone would bring it on the list. Um, I actually tended to steer towards the dramas. I knew you would. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody listening probably knew I would, too. So, uh, Aladdin's fantastic, but speaking of the dramas, I went with Good Will Hunting. Of course you did. It's my favorite movie of all time. It is the bro Bible, but uh, this movie, we were talking about how it hits all the notes when we were talking about Miss Doubtfire. In terms of all the emotions, all of the, uh, the Pixar movie, all those emotions that run around in our head, besides maybe anger, uh, this movie hit them all for me. Uh, just a story about change, uh, finding help, accepting help, the value and the bond of friendship, and that plays out in a few different ways with Will between him and his buddies, but also the bond that he has. Again, we've got kind of the father figure coming out. Uh, obviously not very funny, but there's there's some there's funny moments funny in stuff it. In that yeah. uh, it's the movie. It's the movie I've watched the most in my life. I, I still cry. Uh, it's not your fault is oh. Robin's best work. I think anytime someone says it's not your fault more than once in a row, you think of that movie. Yeah, of course. It's also for, it was, that was at the top of my lists, and I'm from Boston, and it's one of those movies that like does Boston so proud. Yeah, and it's for someone to win an Academy Award and do a terrible Boston accent at the same time is hard to do. So you're but from Boston, you didn't like his Boston accent? It wasn't a Boston accent. I love that movie so much. Because he has a little bit of it. So, he says Boston. It's, it's kind of British. It's not great. But his performance is so mind-blowingly good that it's, it's all forgiven. And I forgive him for it. And I love that movie so much. And I think that, like, his, he's in the movie so little at the beginning that, like, uh-huh. you actually don't see him until, like, a, a third of the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just like takes over. It becomes his movie almost. Um, it's just so good. The script is so brilliant, and the performances are so real. Yeah, it's so. The I just believe in in all of those moments. Uh, they're so like the, like every single note is hit perf- to perfection. For sure. His character, he's like he's a lot of different things. But and we're so used to Robin Williams being so manic, but he's so grounded in this. He's yeah. like smart. He's He's like down to earth. He's like he's like strong. He's strong willed, um, and the the growth that him and Will go on together because Robin's also healing For in sure. that movie, and he definitely starts in one place and ends in another. He cleans yeah. up those damn dishes in the sink. <laughs> he pushes them cards back on the table. He goes on vacation. You know? Yeah, he's going. He's taking a trip. He's pushing his sliding the cards back on the table, and and you know, and then you got Will driving off to. That's right. You know, Miss Misery at the end there, but what they <laughs> what they do to each other, how they how they grow from each other is is really special. It's awesome. 
So, yeah, to, to be completely predictable, Goodwill Hunting, number one for me. Patrick, I'm going to swing it back around to you for your second favorite. I'm going to go with the birdcage. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. It's a, it doesn't hold up as well, obviously, um, but it's just got so many funny things and um, another one that has a lot of heart in between the lines and some incredible performances by, obviously, Robin Williams, Nathan Lane. Uh, uh, it's just... It's just, I just love it. It's just so much fun. And I, I spent some time in Miami last year, so I like it resonated there, too. <laughs> is, is it a real place? Oh, yeah. South Beach. The birth... No, well, I know the Miami's a real place. The hotel, the, the hotel is actually there, and it's based on actual clubs that exist in Miami, but there isn't a place called the Birth Oh, Beach. okay. Um, but... And Hank Azaria does his thing. Yeah. it's. I just love that movie. It's I think just, it was... Was that the first time we ever saw Hank Azaria not animated? I don't know. That's a good question. I, that can't be true. That, that, wouldn't have, that couldn't have been his first on-screen appearance. But I'm not sure. Uh, but Gene, uh, Hack- Gene Hackman also created. It's, it's an incredible cast. Yeah. Uh, Clarista Flockhart <laughs> right. is in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Nathan Lane. Did you know originally it was supposed to be Steve Martin as the Nathan Lane character? I didn't. I'm glad it wasn't. So they were originally supposed to do Robin Williams and Steve Martin, and then um, Robin Williams was actually supposed to be. Pl- excuse me. Yeah, uh, Steve Martin was supposed to be it, but then they. S- they obviously did something different, and and they they plugged Nathan Lane in, and, and to, with 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 a great choice. Or no, excuse me. It was supposed to be Steve Martin as Robin Williams' character, and Robin, Robin Williams was supposed to be the Nathan Lane, the the mother. I'm glad that. that and then that they didn't changed it, and Robin Williams was like, "I I don't want to to do like the extreme character. I want to actually be a little more tame." Sure. And so they switched it, and he cut the mustache into his face, and and did it. I think that was the right move because yeah. I don't think Steve. I think Steve. I love Steve Martin. He's one of my favorites, but I think it would have. Gone over the line. Yeah, this movie's really res- I, it's it's fun, but also respectful in the same way. Yeah, I'd like to have that conversation. I haven't had that conversation in a, in a while. Like, that what, movie. What like is it would... reverent still? Is it still or do they, appropriate? Do you I'm think, not sure. I don't, I mean, I mean, I, I'm trying, hard to know, right? But it's hilarious. It's definitely funny. What's your favorite bit from it? Uh, um, whew, I think Robin Williams trying to teach Nathan Lane how to act straight. Yeah. In on in the like the him, him I pierce the breakdown. I, I pierce the toast. Yeah, I pierce the toast. That might be it for me. The famous line from this is the fosse fosse fosse. Right, but you keep it inside. Yes, that's the, right. The, the direction him as this the, the, the show is so important yeah. to him. Uh, I, but I think him 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 being like, it's an image. It's a cliche. John Wayne, and then seeing Nathan Lane do the John Wayne with the straw hat. Oh. <laughs> you walked in this alone. You got uh, off your horse. Like, that whole thing for me is a great scene. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Cool. Birdcage. I didn't know if we were going to get to it. I thought it might be in Shoutout Land. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, no, I love that movie. All right, Barry. Uh, number two. Number two. This is a little... It's I, it's still on the comedic side for me. It's a little bit dramatic, though. Um, Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I think that... I think... I think that it, it also has the ingredients. We're talking about the ingredients a lot. It's got... All of them, and it also like informed, I feel, and influenced future Robin Williams movies. Like there are there are references in other Robin Williams movies, Hook being one of them, to Good Morning Vietnam. I think it like it sort of transitioned. It was a, it was a good. It it took Robin Williams from this like late night uh, talk show um, comedian to. Uh, um, blockbuster hit movie star it like laid that blueprint for how to put robin williams into a 
movie and like have him be the charismatic lead. Because they didn't know how to use him yet. No. He was yeah. coming out of Mork and Mindy. He had just had the disaster of Popeye. And this was the first movie that kind of used all of his talents. Mm -hmm. While still making a, a, a narrative that, is, that fits a leading man sort of like story. Yeah. Yeah, and they really didn't want to make this movie. Uh, Disney and Paramount had to take a chance on it because people, they thought it wasn't, it hadn't been long enough so we could make a comedy about Vietnam. And I think they were really mm -hmm. originally trying to do, because MASH was out and there's some other things that like had, had done the wartime comedy. Uh, and the guy who wrote it, the real Adrian Cronauer and, and some TV writers wanted to make it into like a, a, a TV series. And instead they retooled it, like Robin Williams' manager or somebody like retooled it to make it into this movie because they were like, it's a perfect vehicle for right. Robin. Uh, Adrian Cronauer also passed away like five days ago. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah. Really, R.I.P. Yeah, really. Jeez, did not did not know that. Um, this movie, did you guys notice? And it has a really good cast, but it's that classic like, it's, and they do this a lot with military movies. But like the 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 straight, the stiffs versus like the the free free, free yeah, yeah, like totally. Robin Williams. Like and he he kind of was like this in Hollywood, but like the hippie San Francisco he guys like, getting off yeah. getting off the plane and got his little Crocs on or whatever the hell he was wearing. You know, and, then the, and they're like, what kind of service? And, and he's from the Navy. Right. Like, the, the Army, this, like, naval hippies coming in here. Uh, they play that up, but I think this is the best example of that. Oh, yeah. I think Bruno Kirby as Hauk, the... It's... it's <laughs> <laughs> just so good. The, the back and forth that they do... Yeah, the, the Frenchie with the horn, that piece of shit. But the, when he when he when he comes in and he's like giving Robin Williams all these notes, and Robin Williams has that like little barb. He's like, it's an honor to take notes from someone that, that could be mind as yourself, sir. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, let's tighten it up here. Yeah, the, the, which is a talent in of itself to be able to like like play a straight man and get insulted, but still make it seem like you're on on the on top. Yeah, like that's a talent. It's like a Charles Grodinism, you know what I mean? Like beautiful Charles Grodin. That's that's really good. That's a good reference. This uh, this movie also was praised a lot for being one of the first movies to show Americans as more of what they were. Because often Vietnam movies, it was like it's either a psychotic, you know, like a, a Sheen or somebody, or it's, or, or like a, a murderer, like you know, we got like Full Metal Jacket. And this is like the first movie that really like they're just guys that aren't necessarily hype about being over there but like have a job to do and like brought like an everyman quality to yeah. it which I, I think is nice and uh, I think just the way it's shot uh, Barry Levinson did this the same guy did like uh, Rain Man and like Wag the Dog but the way like they kind of like show you it's at a really important time of Saigon where they're escalating the war as he just shows up like it's pretty nice pleasant place in the beginning and then they those like little trackers it's like right. really good editing where it's like 300 people and, and they have to like cross off the news like the editing of the news and the censorship of the news which yeah. is a topic we're still dealing with yeah. today but like all that stuff also did you notice that the news editors were also the uh the guys who the t1000 cop stabs through the eye in the coffee cup oh, oh yeah that's right it's that there's like portly guy they're, yeah. they're twins apparently but he becomes the the t1000 becomes them and they kind of yeah. do that mirroring and then he stabs them through oh, the eye yeah uh, same same turds. Also, maybe the the best use of uh, Louis Armstrong ever. Yeah, yeah. Music is really it's good. incredible. Yeah, really yeah. And Forrest Whitaker too. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. yeah, there's it's it's really good. And, and like you said, like it was it like 
solidified him as a star for sure and a movie star and yeah. fucking nominated yeah you know yeah. it was huge so big deal for for mr williams um thanks barry it's a good one to have on the list uh barry can you guess because you know me so well can you guess what my second one is well your second one um so we said goodwill hunting that was the one i i knew you were gonna pick so i'm still drama so i skewed I towards the drama fisher king I'm going to say Dead Poets Society. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Fuck yeah. The powerful play goes on, and I may continue a verse, or contribute a verse. What will my verse be? Uh, I love Dead Poets Society. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about Dead Poets Society? I love that movie, too. I recently watched it with someone who'd never seen it before, a friend of mine, um, Hannah, and who was like, wow, this movie is about guys. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is. White <laughs> is, there a woman, is there one, is one, one is it female like character? Kurtwood Smith's wife or and something? The, and the girl that, what's his name? Oh, goes okay, after. yeah, that's true. But I'm like, yeah, this is just a real real white boy movie. Um, but I love it so much. Because, uh, like, that is, it was, you know, telling a story about that particular place. Um, and the performances are awesome. And that's one of those movies that, that like, as an actor, I'm like, damn, I just wish I had, I was, I was in an ensemble at school movie like yeah there's so many movies like that that launched so many careers like school ties or like uh taps any anytime you're in a movie like that it seems like it creates stars yeah and they they uh all speaking of they had all those kids room together during the shooting wow, of the movie. Incredible. they were like roommates and whatnot just to kind of build that chemistry and that bond and to make it seem more real yeah i feel like it seemed to come through early ethan hawk ethan hawks ethan hawks in this but just kind of the messages of like, dare to take the path less traveled, uh, dare to be extraordinary, make your life extraordinary. Yeah. Carpe diem. Carpe diem. Seize the day. I wrote it above my wall when I was in high school and put it up, you know, you carpe <laughs> And probably a thousand other people. Probably. Millions of other people. You were the only one, Bob. Uh, yeah, I was, I was the only one. <laughs> make me feel like a turd. Uh, the, the power of the spoken word. We, uh, the... Um, just uh, we do not read and write poetry because yeah. it's cute we read and write poetry because we are members of the human race mm-hmm. beauty you know just like that kind of shit the, the uh, iPod or uh, Apple did a really affecting commercial about they, they used him as a, as a voiceover in it and uh, but just a lot of those messages watch this movie right before I was going into high school like middle school is a perfect time for me to kind of see it and it's just it's, nostalgia yeah. lane, man. It rushes back some of those memories. It's just powerful. Oh, Captain, my captain. Just yeah. the, he's, all, he's one of the world's greatest dads, one of the world's greatest teachers. Yeah. How fucking great. I, I never had a teacher that... No. He was basically my teacher in terms of those lessons. Right? Like the, the, You watched that movie. It was like the English class you always wanted to have, but never did. Um, so good. And uh, he's still relevant in that... SNL did that sketch two years ago. Based yeah. on it, where like the guy gets up and gets his head chopped off by the fan. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's but like right. that's a reference from when was that movie made? Uh, ooh, I gotta pull it up. It was like but, twenty. Yeah. It was, so twenty five years ago or something like that. But uh, the fact that SNL is still making a sketch about it is, is ridiculous. Nineteen eighty nine. So yeah. Yeah. So fantastic. So I went dramas. So I'm glad that you uh, you stuck with the comedies, <laughs> yeah. Barry, so we could lighten this thing up yeah. a little bit. But that's just very interesting that I it's just self-reflecting those two because I almost while like trying to compartmentalize the the film the extensive filmography that you read and like figure out what to pick for this, 
I almost lumped those two together and was just like pushed them aside. <laughs> it was like, let me figure out. Because you knew I was gonna go there. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. And like, and then you asked me, and like, I, I, I kind of still had them grouped together, so I couldn't even, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about Dead Poet Society, even though it's like one of his best movies. Yeah. He's obviously. But isn't that like a testament to Robin Williams that like the drama kid, like I'm the drama turd right now, and like I have. I have a list of stuff that I still are struggling to, to make a list with. And then yeah. if you're a comedy guy and that's really where your tastes are, clearly you're going to have a lot to choose from. And, and just oh, yeah. the, the spectrum and the versatility that he's able to lay out in terms of a, a career and a body of work is, is just really astounding. He was an all-timer. I think it speaks to just his talent where like you watch him in Good Morning Vietnam and you're laughing, but you're also like crying because... It's Vietnam and B is just giving out an incredible performance, which he did every single time. Even in the bad movies that I'm gonna, we're all gonna mention, yeah. he still gave out gave incredible performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just bad movies. And he just pours, despite the movie, like pours in his whole being into it. Yeah, the energy and the the commitment to everything. There's never like, in terms of the list, like never like a paycheck movie. Right. right. Or just, maybe there were, but he's maybe still, there he's were, still, but he was still giving it. I think. I think there there's was probably some RV. That, and that's. <laughs> I'm gonna well, take wait, it back. We, 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 can get, we can get to that. Um, but uh, great. So so great favorites. Uh, but so we've we've mentioned the roses. Every rose got a thorn, Patrick. Well, I'm, I'm starting this off once in a while. Okay. So let's do uh, your least favorite, Robin Williams. All right. You know. Okay. I, I, I've had a hard time with this one. Because I am not gonna mention, I'm not gonna talk about a movie that I think is a bad movie. Because I, some of the movies that he's in that are the worst movies, I actually chose not to see. Like, for example, Old Dogs. Old Dogs. I didn't see. It. <laughs> uh, I saw some of RV and then couldn't keep watching. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna choose a movie that I. It's a guilty pleasure movie, but it's a bad movie by Centennial Man. I I I I I I had your same thought process and I and like there's a choice there's a choice we had like a direction to go and I went the other direction but <laughs> so Bicentennial was, Man is a movie that I really and I also like I like it Man. but it's bad it's yeah. really bad we've been really talking bad. a lot about Sam Neill today yeah we, we have he's in, that's right he's in yeah. that movie too I forgot about that Sam Neill is yeah, he well likes, he's in he's he in buys, two hours of it but only he buys in half the, of it. the robot right. Yeah, he's the original owner of the robot, and he's the one who struggles giving the robot his, his rights. Yeah, it becomes a human rights movie <laughs> with the veil of with the veil of robots. And this old robot ends up having, having sex, sex with and marrying his yeah. yeah, like essentially his like niece, yeah, like niece almost. Very yeah. messed up. Uh, Oliver Platt gives a great performance. Um, <laughs> weird, terrible, bad movie that I love, but I'd say it's among his worst. It's also so long. It's really long. It's called Bicentennial Man. That's yeah, true. It feels like <laughs> Bicentennial Man. And they somehow at the end deem him as the oldest human being ever to have yeah, lived. Because he lives like 3,000 right. years or but something. like for a hundred of those years he was a robot. He was uh, a robot. He was a robot. <laughs> but like they gave him credit for the rest. Yeah, they gave him, they gave him those, those extra years. Uh, it is <laughs> oh god it's so not good and also just when they when, when when movies that are set in like the far far future with the future land do you, do you remember future in Bicentennial it's oh, just yeah. like terrible yeah the, um, the buildings are like taller but smaller at the same time yeah and, like the, the shoes light up like yeah. the, the sandals light up oh, the hospitals stupid. seem better yeah well it's never gonna happen no but um, well, we can marry robots we can't Look have forward sex to that. robots. Can't wait. 
<laughs> so Bicentennial Man Stanks also was on my list as worst as well. So we are sharing. We are doubling up. Well, that well, good thing I, I decided to go think in of the another direction because mm-hmm. uh, I was on the same thought path. I, I actually watched a good amount of both Old Dogs and RV, but I didn't get through either of them because I got fed up with watching them. And I'm going to... I actually, I'm gonna actually put an interchangeable and put both of those as the worst <laughs> for the same reason because you just, I just don't understand who the target audience is for these movies because it's like adults cannot watch this shit because it's too fucking silly and makes no sense and like the jokes aren't funny they're just simple and like slapstick but then the kids don't really get what these movies are about they don't they don't take the kids on any sort of emotional journey there's nothing there's nothing for anyone <laughs> in either of these movies you are so fired up about you are more fired up about this than your two favorites but it's it's just like they they're just ah uh, i like i i and and i and i almost didn't want to mention them because i didn't like fully watch them I like oh this is terrible I turned it off so I like I almost felt it almost feels unfair but I think that says something it like, does yeah that's true so movie stacks dude. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't finish a movie and Robin Williams is in the movie it's a bad movie yeah, yeah. someone missed and <laughs> I think and both of those movies I would say are pay, were paycheck movies for him. Yeah, I don't think right. anything about the movies themselves compelled him to do either of those yeah except maybe like being in a family maybe might have compelled him to do RV, but yeah, yeah, that's what we stank. Yeah, I uh, just to throw another one out there, not a terrible movie, but one I just didn't drive with was One Hour Photo. Yeah, it was coming right off that Oscar, so people were like, just like really hungry for some Robin Williams drama. Yeah, you know, kind of reawakened his like it was, oh drama Robin Williams always. It's like this creepy foot, and it just missed on a few different levels. The the psychopathic thing it didn't and he, he kind of had a run of those like insomnia he, he was like is he kind of playing a lot darker in those times and i just one hour photo the pacing was really it was off weird. for me and then Even the lighting was weird in that movie on purpose well, it was like, very fluorescent yeah like like you're hanging out in a walgreens all day long or something exactly. but it's and then the payoff at the end with the photo wall wasn't as impactful as i thought they were trying to make it mm-hmm. it wasn't really creepy or thrilling or like that kind of drama thriller yeah. suspense i didn't really get any of that from it so i'll throw that one in there as, as a thorn piece of shit as well uh just kind of missed the mark and it was it was kind of a sad time because you know he could have really got a lot going there not that he he didn't recover from it but all right so there's our those are our thorns uh barry let's go to you for underrateds um, you've actually got it up on your sheet, I see. Um, oh, okay. Awakenings, ah. Penny Marshall film starring Robert De Niro and Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. It is my underrated film. Um, I, I mentioned how, I, how I'm leaving Hook off, and one of the things that I love to talk about when I talk about how good Hook is, is Robin Williams' performance as grown-up Peter Pan, Peter Banning, mm-hmm. and how, like, in the pocket he is and like how grounded he is how he doesn't there are there and hook is a little bit more than awakenings but it's kind of the same thing he's a real grounded he doesn't really he's shy he doesn't yeah he's yeah. afraid of he's personal a, it's connection a very 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 contained performance and um 
Yeah, I, um, like, and it's a dramatic role, but he doesn't really like he lets De Niro get do the heavy lifting for like the real emotional stuff. Yeah, with like coming out of the coma and like, like he it, it's he's real in the pocket. He like does what he needs to do for the movie. He doesn't try to be any bigger than he needs to be. I totally agree. First of all, Penny Marshall and Robin Williams, two people known for comedy, that are going yep. against type yep. here. And completely going for it. There's mm-hmm. there's one funny bit in this where Robin Williams is playing catch with the uh, the, the patients, and one of the guys doesn't respond to the ball, and it hits him in the face, and it's like, Duh! and it's like, oh, shit! Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the only laugh in the whole movie. And Robin Williams is really... Use, he doesn't have a lot of his bag of tricks normally, and he's someone that doesn't get along with people. He gets along with people, but doesn't interact with them very easily. He's not a very people person in it. He's nervous, shy, a lot of the things Completely that, what Robin yeah, Williams is. Is not. Right. Yeah. Um, but just that tenderness shows through in every single... And he the character really cares about these patients. Um, I just... I There's there's a scene... And, and this movie really becomes about the joy of life. And that's the... the, the, the Kind of a running theme a lot of Robin Williams' movies is yeah. just enjoy life, love life, which makes the end of this so ironic. But just, yeah. there's a scene where Leonard calls up, Leonard De Niro's character calls up Robin Williams. He's like, you gotta come down here. I need to talk to you immediately. He's in the middle of the night. Robin Williams drives over. And he's reading the newspaper. And he's like, we need to like tell people, I'm paraphrasing, but we need to tell people to chill out. Like, life is beautiful. Yeah. Life is amazing. Ice cream is fantastic. We need to tell people to stop worrying about all this bullshit and, and, and let them know how great life is. We need to spread the word. And Robin Williams has to, like, reality check him a little bit. And then, you know, at, at the very end, that, that, that arc coming through of he's able to run out to the nurse and ask her to go for coffee. And it's like, okay, which car do you want to take? Well, let's just walk. You know, let's just enjoy life. And, and, yeah. and that message is heartbreaking in a lot of different ways ironically um but just a really great message and to, to see him go straight and, and and play it straight i just i love this yeah movie a lot. it just said a lot of heart and it shows you how much heart that robin williams had you know what i mean like yeah. even when he wasn't speaking you could see that he like was always making connections mm-hmm. i watched this last night and there's a scene where he's he's like how how cruel is it that i gave life and now we're taking it away and the nurse says, you know, you're, you're a kind man, and that happens to all of us. We're all given life. It all, come, it all gets taken away. And then she goes, and you're his friend. And you're his, like, that's, you're his friend, and that's why you're, that's why you're so kind, is because you're this man's friend. Yeah. It's a really fantastic movie. And, and, a, and a great example of underrated, because not a ton of people, yeah. when they think Robin Williams, yeah. think of this movie. I don't yeah. know how many people have seen it, especially yeah. of our age. Yeah, our, like, I think people get lumped in for some, probably because of the, the coat and the dressing with Patch Adams, which is a very different movie. You know, yeah. He, both in the, he's in the medical profession, both, and they look similar, but they're not, obviously, they're yeah. similar at all. Uh, just got a lot of good things to say about Awakening. Yeah, yeah. So, it's great. Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, Patrick, how about you? Uh, I'm gonna be uh, selfish to Injan and the show that we're all in. Uh, underrated hook for sure. That's fine. Right. That is perfectly fine. Was <laughs> it 29? percent uh, We got, we got to this point into the into the podcast. We're gonna talk about hook. Let's now. bring in some hook, baby. <laughs> hook, it's hook. Bring yeah, us the hook. Exactly. Hook, hook. 
Uh, it's been one of my favorite movies since I saw it. Same. I saw it in theater, saw it with my cousins. Same. Um, I immediately fell in love with it. Everything about it, um, it just blew my mind. I when it when I was watching it, already having seen multiple iterations of Peter Pan and, yeah. and read it, um, was like, this is what happened yeah, to Peter my, Pan. It's my favorite I, version. I to my sure. when I saw it was like. Oh, this is how. Well, this is what happened to Peter Pan. I really believed it to be true. That's how important it was to me. At the first read through we did, I shared a, a little story about how my dad took me to see this. My dad, and my mom, and when he was talking me into bed that night, I asked him if he was Peter Pan. Right. Because the kids' dads are Peter Pan. He's like, no, I'm not Peter Pan, I'm an asshole. But adorable. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that's the type of impact I feel like it had on our generation. And I have talked to people. Uh, who don't like it or appreciate it, and I can't believe it. I'm like so. That's why I think it's underrated. Is there people who like? Well, look at the Rotten Tomatoes. It's kind of yeah. like twenty something percent. It doesn't make sense. It's so good. Very good. A lot there, of baby. a lot of a lot of that. Well, I think some of it. Some of it is generational. I don't think it. Like there's there's a certain timing that like we like we were ripe for when that movie came out. And and a bit of that has lost has lost for whatever reason. I don't get. I don't get that. What I get even less is the the criticism and a lot of it came out when the movie came out and they'll they'll say things about like the tone of the movie being uneven and it not knowing whether it wants to be serious or funny and it's like, "Well, what do you expect?" <laughs> well, yeah, they like, love Mrs. You... Doubtfire, which is right. Yeah. Like how like this is there this is a movie about adulthood and what that like what that is what that process what what you go through, like how you can like change and lose that bit of your childhood, and how like and how that's necessary yeah. it is to keep that. So that you you have to have that juxtaposition. You have to like show the stark contrast between the the this real world that this number crunching real world that Peter lives in now and what his life used to be. It like I. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, you have to... It has it has to play with your emotions. It has to bounce all the place because it's about Peter Pan. You're going yeah. to Neverland. Mm -hmm. What do you think? It's going to be mm -hmm. all straightforward? No, yeah. it's going to be all over yeah. the place. It's exactly. supposed to be. And this is about, like, strengthening your imagination yeah. as a child. Like, even just to children, the message of, like, imagination is a good thing. Use it. Use it often. Don't lose it. Like, that's a really important message. Yeah. Don't grow up too fast. Mm -hmm. right. Enjoy your youth. You know, um, and then just the power of believing in joy and just the power of having joy in your life yeah. and what that does to your family and how that influence when you don't have it, how that influences the people around you versus when you do. I think that those are just, that's a great message for me oh, yeah. to have in my life right now. Sure. You know, everyone, anyone who is living currently right now. Yeah. Right. We need more <laughs> fucking joy. Yeah. And that's why that scene at the end with Brad, Brad, have you ever seen the power of flying? Uh, that's you know that's it's, it's just kind of stripping yourself away from some Absolutely. of that stuff right now. The fact that Peter in 1991 is tethered to his cell phone right. is like pretty Man, ridiculous. Yeah, Didn't that's foreshadowing. That. That's prophetic, right? Yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, Whoa. little did he know that everybody in that nursery at one point would probably be on their yeah. cell phone. Yeah. Uh, just uh, maybe we should get to Neverland more often, and you know, or just have more happy thoughts. Uh, favorite favorite scene, both of you guys in in the moment in the from the oh jeez. Um, honestly, I think I think mine is the end, just because Toodles gets his uh, redemption. I knocked my mom off. I found my mom. Because in the, I don't know, not many people know this. I've said a lot in the past few weeks, but Toodles in the original story, 
was the lost boy who always missed out on the adventure. Mm-hmm. So every time they had an adventure, he'd come in and say, I missed out again, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Pook, they, whoever wrote it, was like, we're going to let Toodles finally have his adventure. And he yeah. got it. Which to me makes me cry. I'm like crying like thinking about it right now. So yeah. that to me is the best. That's a nice scene. How about you? Um, I mean, I can't not say the food fight. Yeah. Like... Food fight's amazing. Yeah. And uh, uh, Thud Butt's face in that cheese. <laughs> <laughs> thud Butt branded cheese. Everyone loves yeah. the Thud Butt. I, they should have made it. They should like, they made, delicious. They, they Forrest Gump, uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp became a restaurant. Yeah. How is someone not, didn't in 91 capitalize on that right? Thud Butt cheese? Yeah, right? You got your Butterball Turkey? You got your yeah, you got all sorts of stuff. <laughs> thud Butt cheese. I would have. I'd still be eating it. With Eat the that butt, thud, butt cheese. Thud, butt cheese. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I just, Hook is awesome. Also, just gotta give, it, it's Spielberg's second worst ranked movie. I after after AI. Oh. Um, but then the, uh, oh yeah, 1941 is, is definitely his worst. That people just hated it. But uh, the, um, uh, just shout out to Dustin Hoffman. And I'll have to have you guys come back on when we do the Dustin Hoffman. Sure. Chops, absolutely. But, absolutely. Uh, just, Fucking awesome yeah. is Captain Hook. Yeah. Unbelievable. He and 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 I mean I've watched I've been for for this show I've been trying to indulge in as much Peter Pan anything as possible and Hook still remains my favorite version of these characters primarily because of Dustin Hoffman's Good Captain Hook. Yeah. Peter. Like it's I think cool. that is I think that is the definitive Captain it's, Hook. Me, that I is agree. Captain Hook. If I were to ever play Captain Hook, I would have a hard time not trying to impersonate Dustin Hoffman's yeah. Captain. Yeah. Hook. Uh, to make him suicidal. And like depressive is also hilarious. Yeah, don't ever do that, do that to me. Don't scare me. Don't scare me. Don't like that. Speed. Yeah. Speed. I'm not. I'm don't try to stop me. Speed. Try to stop me. Speed. Don't try to stop me. Speed. Try to stop me. Speed. And then Bob Hoskins is going. Oh, not again. Yeah. Oh, dude, Bob Hoskins. Unbelievable. Speed. You talking about definitive Captain Hook? Or even just like, even just like the um, your Peter. Yes, your Peter. Your. Peter, like just saying the same thing yeah. like five different ways. Uh, yeah, the the little hooks that they put in his eyebrows and his mustache. The, I don't know whose choice was that. The, yeah, the, the, ticking, the ticking clock uh, on the mustache. Too good. Uh, I want my mommy. Also, just a, a really interesting part of the movie that I've always appreciated was when his his wig falls off and it humanizes him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the uh, just the old man, the old man nature of him. Which, yeah, speaks to, like, you not growing up, too, right? Where, like, mm-hmm. he even was trying to show that he wasn't as old as he really was. Yeah. Um, so that was always just a very interesting... I, I think about that every now and then. Also, the sets in that movie oh, are, are crazy. awesome. Yeah, it's, like, the, it was, like, the closest thing to what I imagine it was like being on Willy Wonk, like, the Charlie the Chocolate Factory. Apparently, those yeah. kids, like, it was, like, a playground for them. And I had, that has to have been the same thing for those Lost yeah, Boys. Yeah, it's giant. And, and, and the, the trees and the Lost Boys and all the ramps. The snow with the, and the penguins. Like with the, the snowboard or the... the Rufio. The, yeah, Rufio's board. There's a half pipe in there. Yeah, there is a half pipe that's probably unnecessary <laughs> and that leads into a basketball court. It's kind of, actually kind of rad now yeah. that I'm thinking about it. But uh, yeah, for like the pi- I thought the pirate ship was cool. Yeah. It got it got criticized because it, you don't ever actually like see it move or anything. But oh, I don't think I don't think you need doesn't need to. Yeah, yeah. Go watch that Hugh Jackman thing and the pirate ships moving around. <laughs> Enjoy it. Even though that movie probably got bad reviews as well. But hook and uh, just another another little plug. Bangarang, August ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Bunch of performances in there. Come check it out. The Den Theater. The Den Theater. Wicker Park. 
Barry and Patrick will both be stepping in to the tights. The smashing tights. Time flies, and so do you, I see. Speaking of time flying, um, my uh, underrated, I'm going to throw out there, movie from my childhood that did not also get love, so it definitely falls on an underrated list, but Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Gotta throw some love yeah. in some Jumanji. Yes. I, I thought about Me too. Jumanji from my The underrated. CGI does not hold up, especially the <laughs> monkeys. Uh, they, it was back when... Uh, Jurassic Park had kind of come out, and they were, they were, everyone was in a big rush to throw CGI in there. So this was like a big CGI vehicle. But Robin Williams, man, and Woo. and uh, you know he uh, he's shaven. So when when Robin Williams is serious, he's got the beard. So yeah. he's clean shaved for this. But he uh, is is just so fun, mm. and that like that energy he brings because he's basically he never really he's a man, but he he's never really developed. Right. Yeah, kind of the 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 child the childlike nature of him. Um, just plays really well. Movie's super fun. I remember being freaked out. This movie like scared the shit out of me when I was yes. a kid. Yeah. The I spiders, the, the bugs that the, like mosquitoes, the malaria mosquitoes. Oh, boy, or yeah, whatever. Um, also just a really fun cast. Yeah, uh, David really, Allen Greer. Yeah, David Allen Greer is incredible. What the fuck happened to David Allen Greer? He's still around. Still I just around. think he chew picks and chooses. Yeah. Guy from Detroit Second City, you gotta throw some love out to Detroit he, Second City. He was a really funny guy. So it's, funny. His reactions are unmatched. Just yeah. when his car gets swallowed up by the. the ah! Yeah. Take it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, almost like a Chris Tuckerism to him. Yeah, that's true. He's very. Basically, Chris Tucker came along into Yeah, the but he's so good. Really Bonnie Hunt, also incredible. Bonnie movie. Hunt. The um, national treasure, Bonnie Hunt. Yes. <laughs> national treasure. Uh, but just, uh, you know, just a, a fun. Just somber movie from my childhood. Yes. They remade it. Did you guys see the rock one? I haven't seen it yet. It's, it's actually funny. It's, it's kinda funny. funny. I'm I'm I would I would I'm interested in seeing it. Jack Black definitely. The Rock's movies are always just so hard to get into and when they come out. It's like you I, I I'm always mildly interested in them, just never enough to buy the ticket. Yeah. yeah. So then it's always something you have to get around to later. Yes. And Skyscraper's so. coming on the Netflix for you then. Yeah. Oh, Can't wait to see Rampage. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, cool. So those are uh, underrated. <laughs> you haven't seen Rampage. <laughs> that just hit me just now. <laughs> um, cool. So we've, we've done all the structure except for alternative casting. So oh, yeah. this is the segment where we like to plug Robin Williams into some projects that uh, he wasn't necessarily given an opportunity for. Before we do that, I just want to talk about uh, some of Hollywood's alternative casting, uh, some actual rumors that he was considered for. So the first one was Fred and Drop Dead Fred. You guys ever seen Drop Dead Fred? I don't think so. Okay. Who was in that? Uh, I can't. It, it, uh, no one. You should leave a couple of those out. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so the next one is Joe Miller in Philadelphia. So the Denzel part in Philadelphia was originally yeah. rumored yeah. for um, for Robin Williams. Wow. There is a couple of comic book characters which Barry is requesting. As the superhero correspondent, I will get to those. He will get to those. Um, this one's very interesting. Steve Carell's Uncle Frank and Little Miss Sunshine. Interesting. Which yeah, is also I, I, very interesting because there's a, a suicide element to that character. I think that would have been good. I think Steve Carell killed it. Steve yeah. Carell was really good. And awesome. that like kind of made Steve Carell's career a little bit. Not the drama. It, it started the drama too. Yeah, it gave him yeah. way more opportunities. Yeah. Sure. Uh, this one is very interesting. Bob Wiley and What About Bob? Oh, he turned wow. that down to do the Fisher King. He would have been good in that too, but Bill Murray was incredible in that movie. So and uh, Hagrid and Harry Potter. Oh. Yeah. 
Maybe Cassie the same, would have liked uh, 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 The same director who did Miss Doubtfire did a ton of that. It would have been interesting to see a large... Yeah. Larger than life, yeah. Really, yeah. Kind of yeah, but here, like, they, I, uh, he could tone down the manic, though. You always think, like, oh, he couldn't do it, he's too manic, but he proves time and time yeah, again he, that yeah. he can tone it yeah, down sure. when it, it applies. He has gravitas, he could just tone it down. Yeah, I think I that would have been very interesting. Um, so, we'll start with Patrick, okay. your alternative casting. And we can, just the backstory, I think can, yeah. I, have, I have an idea <laughs> of what, I have, I have a couple... Um, alternative things that I would cast. I have a couple things, and one of them I think Patrick, Patrick might say. So I want to. Should I go first? Or should first, I go to your first brother. All right. Um, the first one, strangely enough, that I would have liked to have seen him do, um, and I'll, I'll expand a little bit because it's, it's more of a broad thing. But I'll go specific. I, w- I would have liked to have seen him in the Tim Allen role in the Santa Claus. I would have liked to have seen him play Santa Claus essentially. Yeah. Um, I want to. I want to see with him. kids again. Kids again. Family friend. Yeah, funny, dad. dramatic dad. Shitty dad that turns into a good dad. I yeah. also kind of just want to see him in a Christmas movie. I wanted him to have his stamp on a Christmas movie. So I'd like to see him him in a George Bailey role. I don't okay. want to replace you know Jimmy Stewart, but that that's what I was thinking. Of. Okay, is he, I could see Jewish. Mm, Williams? I don't think so. His middle name is very Irish. I don't know if that means. So that's where that's where I went with it. Okay. Okay. So what not, did you think, not what Barry was thinking. Yeah, definitely, definitely got it wrong. Um, <laughs> what I thought you would say, I thought you would um, be be campaign for Robin Williams to play Josh Baskin in Big. I I, that, I was just about to say that I I, okay. I thought that too. All that right. Was, that was in my list. And why do you guys think that's a good choice? I mean, I just think that's that's his <laughs> energy. Not, like yeah, that. Like there's 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 no. Like he's you were given that with bit with Jack. Jack he, I th- like I, he 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 flexed that muscle in Jack. He did. I think. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I was think thinking about big, but Jack came up. And then watching watching Good Morning Vietnam, which is a little bit earlier in the '80s, seeing a little bit of a younger Robin Williams is sort of what started me down that path. And be like, oh, it would have been cool to see him like be this child, like as like a younger adult. Yeah. Like. Where the gap is a little bit smaller, yeah. like it is in big, so. But I, I was I had, that was in my list of alternatives. I okay. just decided. To I do like the Jimmy Stewart uh, idea too. And again, alternative casting is like, what if they never made It's a Wonderful Life? Right. But then, um, you know, we're making it to like making it in the time of Robin Williams. Like, would that have been a character he would have been able to? Say? It doesn't necessarily mean he would have been better than. No. It I, just means he could have done that and, and, and brought a nice element right. to it. I don't think anyone would have been better than Jimmy Stewart in any of Jimmy Stewart's yeah. roles. Yeah, exactly. But it, like, Rob, strangely enough, I think Robin Williams would fit into a lot of roles that he had. I think Robin Williams would have been good in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yeah, good point. Um, things like that. But you know, you don't want to, you don't want no. Jimmy Stewart to not have existed. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Barry, and uh, your other ones. Well, this goes on the line, and this is definitely my pick, but it goes on the line of, of not wanting to like erase someone else's performance, but I do think Robin Williams, if he had the opportunity, would have been a great Joker. Ah. Okay. Yes. Yes. So originally... Was, and was, was considered for it, was actually um, Tim Burton's choice. The studio didn't want him to cast... Uh, Robin Williams then ended up going to Jack Nicholson. And Nicholson was dragging his feet, so they gave Williams the role, and then Nicholson was like, okay, I'm good to go now. He had his negotiation, and they took it away wow, from Williams. that is shocking. Then, in terms of alternative casting, he was also considered for the Riddler, and then Schumacher went a different direction with it, because it was going to be darker with, with Williams, and they went with the Jim Carrey-like 
neon, you know, craziness, <laughs> orange hair and everything else. So, uh, why do you think Joker? Um, well, I think, well, you have this, you have this history of Robin Williams getting that close to being a Batman villain and not being it. So, like, there's that, along with the fact that, like, I mean, I just, you, we talk about this juxtaposition of, like, serious versus funny and we there aren't as many examples of it going like a dark path i feel like a lot of his better serious films are more heartfelt and you don't see as much of the the darker side and i think it would have been nice to see and i think he would have totally been capable of it and like in addition to that um we know that christopher nolan had his turn with the uh Batman story and Christopher Nolan also likes to cast uh, previous actors that he's worked with and he's worked with Robin Williams before so I I think that would have been a, a neat thing to see if if he had if they hadn't gone with Heath Ledger mm-hmm. I think even in the Nolan verse he could have been a great Joker and obviously he could have been a great Joker in the DC universe that we have now because yeah. Jared Leto is not yeah, we could. There's a lot of better options. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's just. He, not. Uh, he's not. Yeah, I, I agree. Apparently, he's a really big comic book fan and was really hurt by some of the swaps. So. Oh um, man. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, would have been would have been very nice to see. So my alternative casting, um, and this was kind of thinking about this character being a mix between his awakenings mental health guy and then. Cronauer uh, in the Vietnam and the anti-establishment, but uh, McMurphy in Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, so that was when I, th- I you were kind of going down. I remember I, I found it and I like texted you. I was like, I found my guy, uh, and it was right after I had watched uh, Good Morning Vietnam. And I was like, Oh, this is yeah. perfect. And it yeah. just like the 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 screw the man, like like it, it, in, in the comedy elements that come through with McMurphy, but also just the compassionate and the whole thing takes place in the mental health hospital and, and, and just kind of like the tenderness I think he yeah. would show. Interesting that we both picked Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Jack replacing Jack Nicholson. That is very... And they were buddies, yeah. too. Yeah. And, uh, and in that documentary, there's that bit where he takes the <laughs> he microphone sure, yeah. away from Daniel Day-Lewis and, and, and Jack Nicholson as well. Uh, fuck it. Let's give him the axe and let's have him go crazy. <laughs> Shiny. <laughs> That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so so there's the underrated. I want to leave just a few minutes here for shout outs to things that you guys wanted to put on the list but didn't necessarily make the list. Any, any Anything that you just want to just give a quick elevator? Probably August, August Rush. August Rush? <laughs> okay. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the movie that I've made a joke of <laughs> for years now, claiming that it's my favorite movie. Um, August Rush, uh, and he plays uh, the, 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 the mentor to August Rush. August Rush and I had the same birthday. Okay. Strangely enough. The movie is, is it in August? It's not. Okay. It's in December. Weird, weird. Um, the movie is terrible, but I had to mention it. Just a little bit of love. Any yeah. shout outs, Barry? Um, a movie that almost went on my underrated and has not been mentioned is World's Greatest Dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Super dark and yeah. also dealing with suicide themes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, cool. Flubber. Flubber. All right. Cool. Love some Flubber. Uh, I have uh, Patch Adams. Just a quick shout out. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
not necessarily underrated. Uh, it gets fat. It gets flat though. There's some people that don't like that. Movie. <laughs> um, but you know, just just general uh, joy of laughter and laughter is important. Uh, um, Death to Smoochie. I fucking love him in Death to Smoochie. Yeah. I went to bat. I, I, I had Death to Smoochie as an underrated for the Ed Norton podcast, and, and some people gave me some flack for it, but. I really like Death to Smoochie. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. Oh, and Ferngully. Ferngully. Batty. Absolutely. Yes. My name is Batty. <laughs> <laughs> Potatoes in the jacket, toys in the attic. I think that gets uh, uh, passed over just because of Aladdin. Aladdin, for sure. You know, it's hard not to. Uh, yeah. But Batty, Batty was pretty fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, cool, guys. Uh, that's... I feel like Batty, because you talk about using big stars and how like Aladdin set that but Fern they did it with with the same star same they did it before Aladdin but it didn't like set the tone the way well, like Aladdin and obviously, obviously run everywhere. Yeah, like Lion like, King is the next thing that comes out and it's got but if you want to talk about who's pulling the stars for like animated films Fern Gully did it first maybe Fern Gully should be on the underrated <laughs> to, to set the tones perfect uh, finally Fisher King Fisher King's really oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so some good shout-outs there. But uh, that's going to do it for our chop today. I want you guys to remember to go see our show coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank Patrick for coming on for the first time. Thank you for having me, Bob. You're welcome. I want to thank Barry. Thank you for having me. And I just want to say it's awesome that like it's awesome to have this trio because Patrick essentially brought me into the engine process. And now I get to... To, to, to spread the wealth and... Yeah, and sending the elevator down. So I nice. appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to play you guys out with uh, just a really fun little Robin Williams mashup that I found on YouTube. And thank everybody for listening. Have a good rest of your day. We don't read and write Seize poetry the day. because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion, poetry, beauty, Romance, love, these are what we stay alive for. Carpe diem, seize the day, gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Strive to find your own voice, seize the day, look at it in another way. Carpe diem, seize the day, gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Strive to find your own voice, seize the day. We are members of the human race, and the human race is filled with passion. Words and ideas can change the world. Can change the world. The powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. The powerful play goes on, goes on. Do you have any special skills? Oh yes, I do. I, I do voices. What do you mean you do voices? I do voices. Yeah! I'm a hip old granny who could hip hop, deep hop, dance, dance, dance till you drop, drop, drop. I'm a hip old granny who could hip hop, deep hop, yo, yo, make a wicked cup of cool, cool. I'm a raptor, doing what I can, gonna eat everything till the appearance of man. Yo, yo, see me, I'm living below the soil. I'll be back, but I'm coming as oil. This is rock and roll, rock and roll. Dance, dance, dance till you drop, drop, drop. Cast your eyes to the summer sky. Today, make a wish. You must strive to find your own voice. Because the longer you wait to begin, the less likely you are to find it at all. Carpe diem, seize the day, gather ye rose.
husbands while you may Strive to find your own voice Seize the day, look at it in another way Carpe diem, seize the day Gather your husbands while you may Strive to find your own voice Seize the day Only in their dreams can men be truly free It was always thus, and always thus will be